This morning, I'm going to be starting a series that is going to focus on Thanksgiving. Uh, we're just right around the corner from that, right? So, and, and here today after this service, we're sticking around and having a Thanksgiving meal. So, so in this time of year, when we start to think about Thanksgiving and what that means and how we are thankful people, people of gratitude, I want to spend a little bit of time in this week and the next simply thinking about that a little bit more deeply with you. How we are people of gratitude. Because here's the reason why. I, I think for many of us, perhaps, gratitude ends up being, well, random. Random because it's a reaction to whatever circumstances go on around us. When something really good happens, I'm thankful for that. But when things don't turn out the way maybe I wanted, then I struggle to find gratitude when it's not going the way I want. It just seems like there's this ebb and flow and not a consistent pattern of gratitude. Yet when you read God's word in so many of the Psalms, there's instructions and a call for thanksgiving, as though this is something that we can do intentionally, not as this random reaction to whatever's happening in our lives around us or in the world around us. How do we do that? How do we become people who can be a little bit more intentionally grateful in the lives that we live? So that when we think about gratitude and thanksgiving, we don't just have to pin it to one holiday that comes once a year or random events for which we may feel thankful or grateful but we can pursue and develop an intentional thanksgiving and gratitude in the lives that we live. Let's consider that today. Considering that today with the topic of margins, and I'll explain what that means when we get through it. First, I want us to read these words. Hear this, that comes from Psalm 16. Psalm 16, this is a psalm that is written by David. Here's what David says. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gratitude, thanksgiving, how that works for us, and in particularly how margins work for us in that. 
See, here's, here's what I want to develop with this, and we'll explain this as we go, that margins are where gratitude happens. Margin is where that takes place, with margins in our lives. Let's see what David says in this psalm to get us there, to explain what that means when we talk about that. Because this is, this is in some sense, a psalm of thanksgiving. Maybe we don't think of it that way, right? There are other psalms that we have labeled as psalms of thanksgiving, right? Psalms like Psalm 100. It's that classic psalm of thanksgiving. Other psalms where the psalmist writes, give thanks to the Lord for he is good as love endures forever. We know what these psalms of thanksgiving are. And often those are psalms, note this, those are psalms that call for a community response, right? That those psalms of thanksgiving that we talk about are psalms that address the entire assembly to give thanks to God. That's not what's happening in Psalm 16, It's not a call to the assembly or the whole community to give thanks. No, Psalm 16 is a personal prayer. These are the words of David to God. It's a personal expression of thanksgiving, just from David and through David, but included there for our benefit as well. So this is not one of those psalms of thanksgiving that says, now all of us together give thanks. No, this is one person saying, my heart will praise God. I will say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. It begins with this inward expression of thanksgiving, which then comes from this inward heart of gratitude and expresses its way out from there. So let's begin there, right? Let's begin with that. Let's not go to the call for everyone to give thanksgiving. Let's start with that personal, inward expression of being grateful and find how that works its way out from within us, okay? Here's how David works that, because he says in this psalm, you are my Lord, apart from you I have no good thing. He acknowledges within his own gratitude that it comes from God. All the good in his life comes from God. So he says in verse 6, this is an odd line, In verse 6, he says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Well, okay, yeah, he's David. He's the king. He's number one, the top guy. The boundaries don't get much more pleasant than that, right? Of course he can say that. But wait a minute. When we think a little bit more about that, and if you know anything from Scripture about David, who David was, what David had been through, there were other times in David's life too, right? Times when David had to spend years on the run and hiding in caves because Saul was trying to kill him. I don't think we know what that's like to be on the run for your life. Times like when David was caught in his adulterous affair because he had murdered Bathsheba's husband. And when he's confronted with that crime, he comes and then he has to take the responsibility for that. He has to own up to what has come to him that way. Times like when David, in his final years at the end of his life, when his own children start fighting for who's going to get the throne next. His own family is trying to kill each other. 
boundaries in pleasant places? Okay, maybe sometimes, but not all the time. Not in every place. Now, here's where I think you and I, if we start to think about this, you know what, you and I have some, some connection here. Okay, we're not kings of Israel, but every one of us knows what it's like to have a life in which, you know what, there are some good things that come around us and there are some struggles. There are ways that before God we, we find the goodness and we can declare along with David, apart from you, I have no good thing. But there are times when we wonder, where is that goodness? How do we work this? So maybe along with David, we need to go back to this place where we acknowledge some boundaries. Boundaries that help us stake out how our gratitude works. And in particular, where the margins fall around that. So we're going to talk about boundaries, right? I'll, I'll have three different things here that I use to talk about boundaries with us. A boundary of time and of wealth and of hope when we get through that. Boundaries or margins. Maybe you are familiar with the term margin, right? Um, margins are those blank spaces around the end of a page. Like when, when I was a student and in college, the professor would assign a paper and the, you had instructions, right? Double space it, have one inch margins around the side. That was so that, well, this is back when, you know, college students actually printed their paper on paper and handed it in, right? That was so that the professor, when they would grade the paper, had room to write comments. There, there was extra space around to note some of those things that would help correct. So there was some margin around that. If you're in the business world, margin is a word you use there as well, right? Margin is where the profit happens. So after you calculate cost for materials and overhead and all the other expenses, you put that cushion in there of a margin around that. That's where profits happen within that margin. So we know what margins are in some of those senses, but what I'm talking about today is margin as it applies to gratitude. Let's think about that and see what that means, all right? So first of all, boundaries around our time, what it looks like to have margin with our time. We are people who have an unhealthy obsession with time in some ways. That became evident to me over this past summer when uh, a family that was here for a while uh, who were Congolese refugees invited us to be a part of their wedding, to witness that wedding. So, so there were some of us from this church who went to this wedding of these Congolese families. And, and the wedding, like, uh, had the, it's, it's at this place and it starts at this time. And here we were, all of the white American people, and yep, it's that time. I'm here. I'm sitting. I'm ready. Where is everyone else? right? And, and the African people start trickling in, and they keep coming in. And, and it was like 45 minutes later when they actually started to do some of the things for the wedding. Their sense of time just works that way, right? It's not scheduled down to the minute like that. We don't get that. We don't do that well, do we? We are people who pack our schedules down to the very minute, because that's how we deal with time. And we lose margin when we do that. I mean, we see an example maybe right here today. Before this service started, there was a countdown clock. It counts it down to the second. So that we know when the service starts, 9.30, let's go. It's that time. 
during the week when Andrew and I plan a worship service, we put it together and we put all the different pieces of a service in and we tag each one of those pieces with minutes, the number of minutes we expect it to take so that we can fill that time and have that because we have an expectation here for those who gather and worship in an American church. There's an expectation that you've got about an hour and then you better be done. Right? That's what we give you for that because that's how we deal with time and who we are. And we do that because, well, after this, there's a lunch to go to and we've got it all ready and on the next thing. Or even on weeks when there's not a lunch. Well, there's Sunday school we have to do and then adult ed and then grandma's house for dinner at noon. So we schedule ourselves down to the minute and we fill every single minute that we can without margin. Margin, right? That extra empty space around the edges that I don't fill. I don't put anything there. That I leave some of those things open. So where is the margin in our time? What does that look like? We may have all the best intentions to be grateful people. Grateful in when we give thanks, and we talk about that as something we give, right? We give thanksgiving. It's something we give away. We give to other people out of thanksgiving. So we may have the best of intentions to say, I want to give back to God or give to others out of my time and what I do. But when I schedule right to the edges of the boundaries without any margin around there, where does that happen? Where is the time to do that? And how do I make that happen? So I might have the best of intentions, but how does it show up? How does it show up when so I'm driving down the road and I see this car with single mom and a car full of kids and a flat tire, but I'm already late to wherever it is I have to go, so I drive right on by and don't stop. How does it work that way? How does it work when I see my neighbor who lives by me, an elderly gentleman who struggles to maybe rake up all his leaves, and I'm struggling to find the time just to rake up my own leaves? There's no margin in that. I scheduled myself a pretty full day yesterday, sort of, because as it worked out, yes, Saturday, as it worked out, yep, Wolverine football came on at noon and Spartan football came on at four and Notre Dame football was prime time. I had a solid 10 hours of football set to go yesterday. Um, then my daughters came in and wanted to do something else instead of that. All right, I'll put some margin for that. I didn't watch a whole day of football. Margin with our time is where those spaces happen for gratitude, for giving for other people. So how do you make some margin in your time? Where does that margin exist? Time that you have set aside, blocked off to say, this is for me just to be ready for whatever I can do to help or give for other people in some other way. I'll give you one example. It's going to be different for everyone. Here's one example of how I do that here, okay? I schedule blocks of empty time in my week here in the office. That, that I schedule, there's some time I'm going to be in the office, and you know what? There is nothing particular in there. It's open. It's open that way because I always want it to be that whenever somebody calls and says, hey, pastor, can I meet with you? Do you have time? that I don't ever have to be, well, let's look in a week or in two weeks. 
nope, if it doesn't fit in the next two or three days, then there's not enough margin. I need more margin than that. And as it works out then, that if I happen to have a week where, you know what, not many people are calling, now I've got some opening to say, all right, I'm going to call a few other people. Hey, you got time this week? I'll come by and visit. Right? Fill that time then. But the margin is there. The margin is there to say, I'm going to keep some time blocked off that is just for giving. Giving my time to whomever and however I can. Block that one off first so, the, so that I'm not trying to scrape for the little leftovers around there. But there's always something ready to do that. How does that work in your schedule? Find a way to do that, to keep some margin with your time. Maybe somewhat similar to that is boundaries around our wealth, our possessions, what it is that we have and that we've been blessed with. Because here again, we may have the best of intentions. I know that we want to be grateful and generous people. We want to be generous people, but then sometimes when the opportunity comes, we're left scrapping for leftovers. Because in our world and in our culture, we've lost sight of margin. Margin around our possessions and around our wealth. Our world and our culture does that around here by, by talking about how much you can afford, right? So when it comes time to find a house, it's not, well, what do you need for a house? The question is, how much house can you afford? Let's just go for the limit. Where's the boundary? Let's get right up to that. When I need a car, it's not what kind of car meets my transportation needs, but how much car can you afford? Go to the limit for that. That we live in a world that presses us to say, you don't need the margin. Take it right to the edge, right to the boundary. Then when we want to be generous people, where does it come from if there's no margin around that? Now, don't get me wrong, right? We all need shelter and a place to live. We need transportation. We need clothes to wear. It's not wrong that we spend resources on these things. But maybe it's time to think about the margin, the margin around that. A margin that comes first, in some ways, that creating a margin in our wealth allows us to be generous with, well, with what we call first fruits. That's an agricultural term. When farmers would take in their harvest, they would take the very first of that harvest to be given or donated away. The first fruits. That shows up in the Bible as well, that the offering that we give is a first fruits offering. So in whatever it is that God has given us and blessed us with, that we look at that and we say, you know what, I'm going to take a portion of that right at the front, right off the top, that this will be the part that I'm generous with, and then I'll live off of whatever's left out of there. But I'll keep that margin in place, a margin in my resources in my wealth, in what I've been blessed with. So, for example, one of the ways that works here at this church, we, we have a benevolence fund. Our deacons keep a benevolence fund here. And it works like this, that whenever there's a need that arises within our community, it's not as though someone comes in the door and says, I have this need, and our deacons say, okay, we better do some quick fundraising to find some benevolence money. No, it's already there set to go. 
so that we're ready in the moment when the need arises to respond to whatever that need might be. There's a margin for that. Do we keep that in our own lives? A margin that helps us set and know that we've got something set aside, ready to give, ready to be generous, because we see that all the time. We see those requests come in for something to help support, or we see a need that exists around us, and how many times do we see that and say, wow, I sure would love to support something like that. I'd sure love to give for that cause, but, you know, let me look into my wallet and, and what's there. What's there with the leftovers? And maybe there's nothing there at all. But what if there was margin? What if there was margin where something was set aside so that when that need pops up, you can say, you know what? I've got it. I've got it because it's here and it's ready. Ready to help where we can. When we keep margins, those boundaries around our wealth, ready to give. Because margin is where gratitude happens where we express thanksgiving for what we've had. Let me bring this together with this last one to see how this comes as gratitude. And this one maybe seems strange. Boundaries for hope. What does it look like to have margin with hope? We don't think about this one ever, I would trust. That this one doesn't come up. How does that work? David talks about that in this psalm, about that margin, that boundary for his hope, right? He talks about the boundary lines that have fallen for him in pleasant places. And then he goes on at the end of this psalm to say, you know what? Even in death, even in that final stage of life, that God holds me secure that high of hope even in that. Even though there's a boundary around it, he knows he cannot escape death. But he finds gratitude, even in that moment. Thanksgiving, even there. So consider how this works. Let's play this one out, okay? You know what? I might hope to have a superpower, right? Maybe I hope that God could give me the power to fly or walk through walls or teleport or be invisible or whatever, right? Pick your superpower, your favorite superhero. It doesn't matter. I hope that God could give me that superpower. But here's the truth. That's a hope that's outside the boundary, right? God is not going to do that. Because we are people who are confined to place our hope only in that which God has revealed as part of his faithful promise. Catch that? We are confined to place our hope only in that which God has revealed as part of his faithful covenant. I hope that God's love for me never runs out. Check. That one's there. I can hope for that because you know what? God has revealed that, right? God has said in his word that he loves you with an everlasting love and that he will always be faithful. That is a hope that falls inside the boundary. Now then, what about margin? Margin for that hope. 
All right, let's put this down to an everyday level. All right, think about how some of these things may come across because I wonder if sometimes it seems that we pack so much detail into our hopes that there's not margin. So much detail into what we hope God will do for us in our lives that, that the margin isn't there. Think about how this works now then, all right? Here, here's a few maybe everyday examples. I hope that I get the lead role in the play that I'm trying out for. I may hope that. And maybe as it turns out, you know, I didn't get the lead role, but I'm supporting cast. I'm, I'm part of it somewhere else. Now then, I didn't get the exact thing that I hoped for to be the lead role, the star of the show, but I'm on the cast. I'm a part of it. I get to be a part of the production. So is there enough margin in my hope to be grateful to God for the goodness that he gives? You see how that works? I tried out for the team because I hope I can be a starter on the varsity team. I want to be a starter on the varsity team, and I hope that's what I get. Maybe I'm not a starter. Maybe I get assigned a spot, and you know what? I'm one of those subs who comes in off the bench. That's called upon occasionally. I still get to be on the team. I still get to be a part of what the team does. Is there enough margin in my hope to be grateful to God for the goodness that he gives? You see how that works? Sometimes we have so much detail in what it is that we hope God will do for us that when it doesn't turn out exactly that way, do we have enough margin around that to say, but here's what God did do. Here's what God did provide. Here's the goodness that God did give to me in that moment, in that circumstance. How that works. Is there margin in your hope to see where the goodness of God shows up in your life? Because with David, it's in that margin where we find gratitude. It's in that margin where we can say along with David, Lord, apart from you, I have no good thing. It all comes from you. And we find it in the margin. So as we think about how that works in our lives, with your time, with your possessions, with the hopes that we carry around within us, is there enough margin in my life to be grateful to God for his goodness given to me? Because those spaces of margin is where gratitude happens. That's where we learn how to become and embrace and develop and grow in gratitude day after day, week after week, month after month people who are thankful to God for the blessing, the goodness that he's given to us. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word and the instructions that we find here. God, we, uh, we confess and we acknowledge that there have been times in our life when we have failed to be grateful people because we have pushed ourselves right to the edges of those boundaries and we haven't left the margins there. So Lord, help us to see again 
the ways that you've blessed us so that we can declare along with David, apart from you, we have no good thing. And to see where those margins fit in our lives so that we can live as people who then respond in thanksgiving, respond in gratitude, and grow in that. Help us to do that, that we may place you as our vision in front of us above all else so that we may see the goodness that comes to us through you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand and let's